friends, and welcome to my Heart to Heart podcast. I am your host, Kathy Jo Hart. I am a Christian speaker and author of God's Chosen Helper. Our focus is to discuss the hot topics of the day and how it relates to the Bible and the lessons through the love of Christ. Today's episode will be a continuation of our series about exposing the hidden truths the transgender industry does not want you to know. The majority of the comments received from our listeners has been the same. Are we at the point of no return? And what can we do to stop the radicalization of the gender dysphoria movement? When I began researching the transgender movement, I didn't know where the trail would lead. Over the course of 100 years, transgenderism affected an extremely small percentage of people of 0.5%. Although the adult numbers really have not changed, we are seeing an unnatural rapid onset of gender dysphoria in children. This is an unnatural phenomenon in human development, so the questions we need to answer are why and who is pushing this. Well, it didn't take long to find the answers. We would naturally assume the first question would be, why is the United States pushing gender-affirming care onto our children, especially when we know other countries around the world have banned this practice? And this is a great first question, but not the right one. Let's quickly recap the transgender numbers. There are 332 million people in the United States. People who identify as trans is 1.64 million people. The adult numbers have remained steady at 0.5%, but it is the rapid onset of transgenderism in youths between ages 13 to 24 that has increased to over 1,600% that is of great concern. We have covered this in previous episodes, so go back and listen to part one and part two of exposing the hidden truths the transgender industry does not want you to know. The first question is, who is pushing this? And it didn't take long to discover who, by their actions of diminishing and destroying current American values. Specifically, they are investment bankers BlackRock. Vanguard, State Street Bank, the World Economic Forum, and the big four CPA firms of Deloitte, Ernst & Young, KPMG, and Pricewaterhouse and & Coopers, who have created the reporting framework for ESG. Now, ESG was originally created in 2004 by the UN. They are the ones who created the Environmental Social Credit Scoring called ESG, which stands for Environmental Social Governance. We see their results in the corporate support of the trans movement. The corporations who are trying to earn perfect ESG scores of 100 points are Anheuser-Busch, Target, Nike, Microsoft, Salesforce, Costco, Apple, and others. But why are companies doubling down on their commitment to the trans and LGBTQ movement? Well, that points to President Biden, 
and his executive orders of diversity, equity, and inclusion. When this law was implemented in January 2023, Congress then passed a bill that would have blocked the ESG order. Now, Biden has promised to veto the bill, and this bill had bipartisan support. Although Biden has tasked multiple government agencies to create disclosure frameworks for ESG risks, which includes climate change-related financial risks, it is the CEOs of the top investment banks that have created the 100-point scoring metric, which in my opinion is unconstitutional, and here's why. Here's the breakdown of the 100-point scoring metric. Five points for workplace protections for sexual orientation or gender identity. 50 points for inclusive benefits, health care for same-sex couples. 25 points for supporting an inclusive culture. And 20 points for corporate responsibility. And that includes marketing or advertising to the LGBTQ consumer. But get this, you can lose points under this next category of responsible citizenship. This is violating the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause protected under the First Amendment of the Constitution. And this is how it works. For responsible citizenship, 25 points can be deducted if a company gives money to organizations whose primary mission includes advocacy against LGBTQ. Although it does not specifically define Christian organizations, we see it can target all religions who have religious beliefs that homosexuality is a sin and goes against their beliefs in God. And this will affect Christian ministries, charities, and other nonprofits too. You can see why Target, Nike, Mac, Anheuser-Busch, Kate Spade, and other companies have doubled down on their support for the trans and LGBTQ movements as they must be LGBTQ certified suppliers to position their company within the highest number in the ESG metric system. And in doing so, they are to be rewarded with high stock positions by the investment bankers who created the ESG scoring system. A lesser known part of the ESG is the CEI, which is the Corporate Equity Index. The HRC, which is the Human Rights Campaign, is helping to create and audit LGBTQ policies and practices. But here's the thing. The HRC, which is the Human Rights Campaign, is also the largest LGBTQ political lobbying group in the world. There are other alphabet suit programs. DEI stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, and CSR is Corporate Social Responsibility. So what if a company does not engage with ESG, DEI, CRS, and CEI? Whether the company is public or private, 
it will ultimately lose its license to operate from key stakeholders. You won't be able to get loans, grants, or other financial services to grow your business. And make no mistake, this will seep into personal social credit scores just like the Chinese government has on its citizens. Your employment prospects will be diminished and you will quickly become an outcast. And we have seen this already taking place in our society. But here is where this ideology is greatly flawed and hypocritical. In the pursuit of the green energy goal of becoming net zero emissions, the story of the Congo cobalt mines is an excellent example of why the green energy ideology is impossible to achieve. According to an ABC News article, the Congo is one of the poorest countries in the world and is one of the richest in copper and cobalt. The people of Congo are paying a heavy price for the climate activists' green energy ideology. And why are they mining cobalt? For green energy EV batteries and electric vehicles, stainless steel, pharmaceuticals, it's a drying agent in paint for alloy products, and the use of cobalt contributes to fewer emissions and other green energy products. Now, the Congo supplies 70% of the world's cobalt. Other places like Australia and Russia also have cobalt. The massive cobalt mining operations are owned by China, and they are exploiting the locals with unsafe working conditions, child labor, exposure to radiation in the mines, cave-ins, arrests, and death. Children between the ages of 13 through 17 are hauling 88-pound sacks of cobalt-rich dirt up the mine walls and loading them onto trucks. On an average day, 240 sacks are mined and carried by these children. Children ages 5 to 6 run empty sacks back down to the pit. The men are required to dig by hand. The tunnels they dig are not reinforced, nor is oxygen supplied to the workers. The mine workers have 20 minutes of oxygen to dig at a time. Cave-ins are common, killing many of the mine workers. Mine workers do all of this for a wage that is less than $1 per day. This is modern-day slavery of poor Black Africans. Even the Romans treated their slaves better than that. And are we really okay with this? And here's an example of why ESG is nothing more than a snake oil salesman. An automotive company who uses EV batteries as an accepted green energy product can receive a perfect ESG score for their climate change stewardship, while their suppliers violate human rights and labor rights in making the battery. When you consider 
that the majority of the materials and goods used by these and other American corporations are supplied by countries known for human rights violations, sweatshops, and forced labor camps? Then why aren't the abuses of these suppliers reflected in the ESG scores? ESG perverts reality. The fanatical push of this green energy agenda is making wealthy people ungodly rich on the backs of poor Africans. Same with agriculture. John Kerry, who is the special presidential envoy for climate, is complaining that farming produces one-third greenhouse gas emissions and demands that by 2050, farming needs to be net zero. Now, he must know that one-third greenhouse gas emissions from farming feeds 100% of the population. Is the goal to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, or is it to reduce the world population through starvation? So why are they doing this? This is for the goal of one world order. Their mission is global control over all of the people. But in order for their mission to be successful, they must first get rid of the American values and institutions. The question is, how? In order to get rid of American values and institutions, they must first tear down society so they can rebuild it. And they are doing this by creating a great divide and destroying it from within. As Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, said, Big government is needed. We need to create a rapture point in society of climate and social unrest. What was the rapture point? COVID-19. This is when the Great Reset was implemented. And you have heard the saying, don't let a crisis go to waste. When governments around the world removed their citizens' liberties and freedoms through the lockdowns, they saw how easily people were willing to give up their values and freedoms. And you know what? We folded like a house of cards. Churches, education, healthcare, food processing, food supplies, and supply chains, the fabric of civil societies were changed forever. And as a result, we saw madness and social unrests, riots, and violent protests. We witnessed the rise and fall of Black Lives Matter, an organization that went from a revenue of zero in 2019 to over $90 million in 2020. The knee-jerk reaction by social justice warriors pinned neighbor against neighbor and family members against family members, and as a result, became a massive political war zone. There were great retaliations against those who opposed the lockdowns, the vaccines, and those who were sounding alarms. The mass hysteria resulted in death and destruction. So what did Black America get in return? Not much. Nothing improved. In fact, it got worse. 
Although there are conflicting reports about where the money was spent, the national and international chapters received very little, if any, of the $90 million. According to financial statements that were recently made public through the media, in three short years, the BLM organization is facing possible bankruptcy. But the founders made sure their family's financial future was secured. Was it due to incompetency, mismanagement, or fraud? I don't know. Does it really matter? It should, but it won't. Everything should matter. Absolute truth should matter, and all lives should matter. But the possibility of mishandled donations of millions of dollars and how they were spent, yeah, it won't matter. It is time we step back and go 30,000 feet up to see this in its entirety. We need to stop chasing the shiny objects that are distracting us from the men behind the curtain, the silent global coup d'etat. And let's get back to the basics of civics. What is the role of the U.S. government? We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Now, in order for globalists to work around the Constitution, they must accomplish the following. Eliminate God to make churches ineffective. Change the military so they cannot fight it. Remove freedoms to silence voices and to create sociopathic lunatics to become social justice-fighting warriors. Now, how do you create sociopath justice warriors? You create a generation of victims. You convince young adults they are the victims of parental abuse. You isolate and manipulate children and young adults by removing their identity and pumping their bodies with mind-altering drugs. As examples, easy access to pharmaceutical drugs and convenient drive through dispensaries, through providing safe city drug zones, illegal street drugs, and alcohol. These lost souls are encouraged to behave violently and impulsively. They become desensitized to the feelings of others and show no regard for right or wrong. Violence is often the result of reduced self-control or a breakdown of societal control. Social justice warriors have tried to eliminate police, firefighters, doctors, nurses, and parents. These are all first responders, the core of protecting our society. As an example of how victimhood mindsets work, Hitler considered himself and the German people as victims and that murdering Jews was an act of self-defense. Do you see the problem? 
Are we at a point of no return? No, we are not, at least not yet. But if we are not willing to defeat it, as opposed to simply slowing it down or to temporarily stop it, then regaining these lost freedoms will be nearly impossible without expensive lawsuits and or bloodshed. The question really should be, are you willing to fight against the totalitarian rule by Wall Street? We need to stop financially supporting these companies. Are you willing to forgo your Starbucks coffee? Are you willing to permanently stop shopping at Target? The backlash needs to be significant and permanent. In order to do so, we need to support companies and businesses who are fighting against ESG on a national level. The bite from the consumer must be seen as greater than the threat of the ESG point system. And there are currently 19 state attorneys generals who are investigating ESG investing practices of six banks. And they wrote, we are leading a coalition investigating banks for ceding authority to the UN which will only result in the killing of American companies that don't subscribe to the woke climate agenda. We must support the farmers who are fighting back against climate activists, who, by the way, are not farmers. The Netherlands, Canada, Germany, and other countries are trying to stop the New Green Deal agenda as unproven climate ideologies have the ability to destroy global food systems. Do you really want our food supply to be a social experiment? If you say yes, then may I remind you of the devastation from the COVID-19 lockdowns, economically, mental health, education, medical, food supply, and supply chain catastrophes, to name a few. Take a look at Sri Lanka and how their new green deal of using organic fertilizer caused massive crop failures. And now their people are struggling and cannot afford food. Their economy collapsed. To fight against this totalitarian agenda requires us to come together as a force of God to protect our families, our communities, our farmers, and our God-given freedoms. These are the American values many fallen U.S. soldiers gave their lives to protect. And we just celebrated and honored our fallen heroes on Memorial Day and made their sacrifice not be in vain. As we grapple with the transgender movement of changing identities, this movement reminds me of the story of Daniel and King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar loved to conquer other lands and capture the strongest, the smartest, most talented, and beautiful people back to his own country. And once there, the king would change their identities through changing their names to Babylonian names. He would indoctrinate them through re-education programs and train them to serve and to worship him. In doing so, the captives would be allowed to serve the king, 
get rewarded with housing, food, the finest of wines, and status. But Daniel and his three companions, who were faithful to the word of God, refused to bow down and worship the king and his idol. Their refusal and disobedience meant severe punishments. But their commitment to God saved them from the fires, from the furnace, and of the lion's den. And it was through their faith and courage God saved Daniel and his three friends and ultimately changed King Nebuchadnezzar's beliefs. Our times are really no different. We are in the times of spiritual rebellion. The king is the government. The indoctrination through education is our current department of education, teachers' unions, school boards, colleges, and universities. Babylonian names are the new gender identities, and the king's service is the social acceptance of sin and groupthink ideologies. The king's idol is our politically driven false worship of race, gender, sexual orientation, abortions, and money. You see, we aren't as woke as we believe we are. We are simply repeating the history found in the Holy Bible of godless societies. And guess what? None of the godless societies ended well. One problem we have is that there are too many offended Christians who have been socially intimidated into submission at the expense of their commitment to Christ. Many Christians and religious leaders want to be socially accepted, politically affirmed, or politically applauded for their secular and humanistic worldviews supporting woke programs and ideologies. And many Christians are afraid of losing their adult children if they do not comply. They are choosing to live in the world and in doing so are ignoring God. There are no gray areas with God. We can choose to be with God or we can choose to be separated from God. You see, it is a choice. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. God's views on this are pretty clear, don't you think? In 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, We know that we are the children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, 
with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. What do you think life will look like if we do submit to the will of the investment bankers and allow the infiltration of their certified young global leaders into all government bureaucracies? I can tell you this. This is the true definition of slaves and masters. They will become the masters and we will be their servants. This is not the role our founding fathers envisioned when they wrote the Constitution. The government was created to serve the people and not the other way around. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 to 23, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks, who acquit the guilty for a bribe, but deny justice to the innocent. Sound familiar? In Galatians chapter 5, verses 10 through 21, the acts of sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And those who don't believe in God, remember this. Just because you don't believe in God does not mean God does not exist. It only means you have chosen to be separated from God. And those who are separated from God will not have peace on earth nor in death. When we are separated from God, the devil will outwit you. You will be made unaware of his schemes. Do you really want to be separated from God? This is a choice you will need to make before it is too late. I encourage you to share this podcast as we are fighting against a world order absent of God. I know this is a strong episode, but we are in a spiritual rebellion. And as Malachi said to Esther, and I will say to you now, you were born for times like these. Reverend Franklin Graham warned us last week that every demon from hell has been launched against society and Christians need to be prepared. Reverend Graham said to prepare, but are we prepared? Do you know what the devil loves? He loves the comfortable Christian. Yes, I know the term doesn't exist in the Bible. 
The devil knows this too. The comfortable Christian is silent and allows the devil to have a seat at their table. And oh, how he loves the silent and fearful Christian. But do you know who the devil fears? He fears God. He fears Christians who know how to pray. He fears Christians who calls upon the authority of Christ to fight against evil. As Christians, we need to unite in the name of Jesus. And you know, we can fight with our pocketbooks too. It is time to step out in faith and declare victory over the demons who have been unleashed. Are you willing to do what needs to be done? Are you ready to leave your comfort zone? If you are, please share this podcast with other Christians, and together we can create another Jesus revolution. And as we end this podcast, we're going to pray. Dear Father, we ask for your guidance, knowledge, wisdom, and discernment on how to fight against the evils of this world. We pray for your deliverance from this unproven evil ideology that is trying to destroy our children, our families, our communities, and our churches. We pray for the people in the Congo, in China, in Vietnam, in North Korea, and anyone else who is being held in slavery. We ask for your blessings for their health and freedom. I ask through the authority of Jesus to bring healing for the children and young adults who are being misled into a lifetime of health consequences and to lift the people all over the world to discover your word of truth. Help us to fight against this evil doctrine and to unite us in our commitment to you as fellow workers in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.